Well, hello, everyone. Uh, This is Mark Tallman with another edition of the KASB Advocate Podcast, uh, as we're going to be previewing the 2022 legislative session that begins uh, Monday. Uh, I am joined for this discussion by my advocacy colleagues, uh, Leah Flyter and Scott Rothschild. Uh, We also have Alec Madrigal, who is producing this for us here. He occasionally says something. And we would note that this year we will be joined by, uh, very excited, two new uh, legislative advocacy interns, Diego Chavez and John Four. We're not going to put them on the spot today. Uh, We'll see whether they want to may get involved as we go through the session. Uh, We've spent this week uh, handing them a lot of information and we don't want it to be too overwhelming for them or for you. So I think what we want to do today is give you a sense of what we see are the big issues coming up in the legislative session and talk a little bit about what we know will happen next week. Uh, before we begin, uh, am I forgetting anything, Scott or Leah, anything you want to say at the outset? No, no. I, I just think we're going to have a jam-packed uh, legislative session, as you will hear in the next few minutes. That's right. Let's go ahead and get started. Okay, well, I think we may as well start with the issue of funding. That's often on people's minds, and it will get a lot of attention next week because Governor Kelly will present her budget message. Uh, We believe we'll get that Wednesday morning when Budget Director Adam Profit will present to the uh, House Appropriations and Senate Ways and Means Committee. Governor Kelly will be giving her State of the State message Tuesday evening, but typically that does not include a lot of a lot of the nitty-gritty details about the budget and some other programs. So we'll just talk about some high-level things that maybe people should be on the outlook for. You may or may not remember that last year the legislature sort of pre-approved funding in advance for the main drivers of, of state school finance. That is to say, base state aid per pupil, which provides districts general funds, local option budget state aid were approved not only for the year that we're in, which would be typical, but also for the upcoming budget year 2023, which is the last year of the Gannon phase-in. So to a, a large extent, funding for schools has already been approved. However, there are many other programs that were not approved. These ranges for things like special education, state aid, uh, uh, CAPERS funding, etc. And so the legislature will still be passing an education budget in some form. Perhaps significantly, we've also learned that based on new estimates of enrollment and other factors, the cost of the school finance plan in total to the state is now estimated to be about $90 million less than what was expected last year. Part of this is because school district enrollment continues to be lower than expected. As again, a little bit complicated, districts use the prior year or the second prior year actual budget for determining their regular student enrollment, and they use current year numbers for determining weightings. The simple fact is, under the COVID pandemic, public school enrollment has dropped, and it did not come back this year to the extent that was expected a year ago when budgets were done. I mean, people didn't know what to expect, um, and of course, many people thought, hoped, prayed that the COVID pandemic would be over to the extent that it isn't. And a further complicating factor is that because Federal rules now allow all students to participate in the free meals program. 
districts have had more difficulty tracking free lunch students, which is what generates the um, uh, the the uh, uh, at risk waiting. Thank you, which is the largest waiting. All this amounts to the fact that the the school funding formula to pay for this year and next year's steps in base state aid approved as part of the Gannon plan are now expected to be less than was thought when the money was appropriated. And then one final note, it also turns out, for reasons I won't really go into unless you want me to try, that the cost of the CAPERS contribution, which is considered part of the total state age package, will also be lower than was expected because of some changes made there. The bottom line is that although school funding will be going up, it will not be going up as much as expected. And some districts, despite the increase in base state aid, will actually have less money to spend because their calculated enrollment is lower than than last year or, or the previous year as their enrollment has has dropped. So we, we start from a viewpoint of having a largely but not completely funded school formula that looks like will cost less than originally expected. Other parts of the school finance uh, system will continue to have to be looked at. Um, We should also note that one uh, area of, of likely to be discussion is the area of special education funding, particularly given the fact that the legislature will be saving money on the main formula. The State Board of Education has requested a five-year plan to get special education funding back up to 92% of excess cost, which is what state law says it should be, but is not required. That would take an additional $74 million uh, per year. The legislature is, all, or the, I'm sorry, the State Board has also asked for additional funding for teacher mentoring, about a million dollars professional development aid for teachers and others, about $3 million, and to expand the state uh, mental health, school-based mental health pilot program by $3 million. So, so clearly, there are some ideas on how those savings could be spent within the K-12 education budget. Um, at the same time, we know that there are many legislators who are going to be eagerly looking at ways to cut taxes with any savings, and particularly given the state's very healthy current ending balances. In fact, Governor Kelly has proposed um, not only eliminating the sales tax on food, but essentially tax rebates uh, for individuals to kind of um, spend down one-time higher balances. So there's going to be a lot of debate over all those dollars. Uh, And as we may want to talk a few moments about, another thing that will be a part of this ongoing debate about school funding is the continuing issue of, put quite simply, what are we getting for those dollars? What's happening to student performance, complicated tremendously by the impact of COVID? I'm going to stop there and see whether Scott or Leah wants to add anything, kind of any insights as to what we're looking at with school funding and kind of the state budget situation. Well, I think, I think your comments about uh, the, the large uh, surplus in our ending balances is, is on point, and we're going to be seeing a lot of uh, uh, tax-cutting proposals. And, uh, of course, all of these eventually will have an impact on school finance, and school finance makes up about half of the state general fund spending in Kansas. So um, 
the governor and, and some Republicans have talked about cutting the food sales tax, uh, and, and there are all kinds of tax uh, cut proposals going around. So that's an issue that uh, we will be watching pretty closely. Uh, obviously, this, these tax cuts could have impacts on uh, the amount of revenue available for schools and other uh, state services down the road. That's right, Scott. It's going to be a, a very interesting and probably sometimes contentious debate, and we'll certainly be keeping an eye on that for our members as to how it will affect them. So I, I do think it's important to, to uh, uh, talk a little bit, and I think we'll get into this a little more detail, just that reminder. Um, for many legislators we heard last year, and I think we'll come back, there will be a continuing discussion of impact on student achievement. We know that in Kansas, like all other states, most if not all of our measures of achievement are down uh, since the COVID pandemic. And as legislators point out, uh, some were declining before COVID pandemic, and we've seen a, 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 an acceleration of that. Of course, part of what should be uh, looked at to address that uh, is the uh, substantial amount of federal aid that districts are receiving and trying to incorporate into their programming. One issue with that is that that funding is really tied primarily to your low-income enrollment population. It's tied to the Title I allocation. And that means there are significant differences in how much school districts receive. Now, it would be argued that perhaps districts with the highest poverty rates have higher needs. Typically, those students have had a larger impact, but that may not totally explain. Again, thing to remember in Kansas, we have districts from 10% or less of students on free and reduced lunch. We have districts with 80, 85, approaching 90% of students in that category. So the amount that in effect comes out per pupil ranges dramatically over that. Well, and another, uh, I, I, we may go over this later, but another issue with the federal funding is there's concerns, at least on the part of some legislators, that we may be funding some things that those appropriations will run out two, three years right. da down the line, and uh, we'd either have to cut those services or uh, fund them with state tax dollars. So there'll be a lot of scrutiny of the federal uh, ESSER funds. Uh, that, that's absolutely correct. Um, so we know that the legislature will be looking at funding, and they will be also looking at various things that affect how districts use those dollars, and, and that includes issues around curriculum, school operations. Leah, you helped us track some of those from last year. What, what were some bills we saw that we very, very well may see again or in some other uh, formats? Well, Mark, last session, a governor's veto was sustained on a bill that would have required students to pass a civics test and a financial literacy test to graduate high school. And we expect the legislature will consider those measures again. Um, you know, supporters of those of those bills say that that these measures would address some deficiencies in student learning, but opponents, including KASB, say that this, you know, this is a mandate from the legislature that really um, is intruding in the constitutional authority of the State Board of Education to determine graduation requirements. We also think that these types of bills place additional burdens on school districts to staff new new requirements and they restrict student choices. You know, if you 
if you're going to require someone to take an, an additional um, graduation requirement, they might have to substitute that in for, you know, a math or history credit or something like that that's already required for graduation. Or there's been some concern that if you require financial literacy and, and make it a math requirement that that impacts especially people uh, students who are taking higher level math courses to get into elite programs or elite universities and it really uh, we sometimes feel really opens kind of a Pandora's box of unintended consequences so and and really these types of just top-down mandates are, are really inconsistent with the whole Kansans can approach to to tailoring instruction to make it more relevant to students and to make assessments really focused more around achievement than around test scores. And so um, as a result of some of these these discussions around curriculum and, and, um, and graduation requirements, the State Board of Education has created a task force and uh, to, to study these issues and um, the recommendations are expected in the spring and we're gonna we'll probably just have to wait and see what what that effort yields of course a big uh, uh, topic of debate over the summer and fall and likely to continue into this legislative session is uh, teaching about race or um, equity or inclusion um, a lot of that is being um, lumped together by legislators into the under the term of critical race theory in other states, um, those types of bills um, are bills that will prohibit teaching concepts of, you know, group superiority, blame, or victimhood. I think, you know, we're all pretty familiar with some of these these issues as they've arisen over the summer and fall that, you know, that uh, there are concerns or accusations by some that schools are teaching some groups of kids to feel guilty about their heritage and and maybe they're teaching other groups of kids to feel like victims and it's as you all know it's been um quite a contentious debate over the past several weeks and months but you know the concern for kasb and others is that these types of proposals really kind of intrude on the traditional ability that school boards have to set local curriculum you know there are standards for history say or math or science that are set by the State Board of Education and then local boards working with their with their communities um, set, you know, approve and set the the actual curriculum that is used in their local schools. And um, as you probably know, we, we talk about, uh, excuse me, we talk a lot about how critical race theory is not part of the academic standards that are approved by the State Board of Education. But we have a lot of folks who say that some of our, our either professional development programs or our curricular items are influenced by CRT concepts. And so that is something that we expect a bill to be, uh, at least one bill, probably more, will be introduced um, pr probably pretty quickly out of the gate um, on January 10th or shortly thereafter. And that, that'll be something that we'll be, we'll be monitoring on behalf of our members. And we've also heard some concern uh, from parents and legislators over the past several weeks and months about um, sexuality themed books or other materials that have been criticized by some parents as being inappropriate um, in a school setting. So we could see some, some bills around um, uh, parental challenges to curriculum or books, um, maybe uh, 
parental review of curricular materials or books or 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 opt out types of of measures that would allow parents to to have some um, authority over what their kids would be reading or learning about. Mark or Scott, you want to add anything here before we move on to a, a different topic? Well, I think, uh, you know, probably our, our audience, our listeners uh, know that th these are not just legislative topics. These are happening at the, at the local level as well. And so I think it's really important to understand, you know, as kind of KASB approaches this, I mean, number one, there is sort of the debate over what, what is appropriate or what should be taught or what books should be in your curriculum. Those are debatable points, and my guess is we've got school board members on different sides of those particular issues. The other question is, so where should those decisions be made? And again, the position adopted by, by our members, probably not surprisingly, is not to say which book should be in the library or which curriculum should be used, but to say it really ought to be up to the local school board elected by its community to make those decisions. And we know across the state the result of elections, the result of concerns and comments. We've had boards which have made changes and maybe making more changes coming up in January. I think the thing that will be interesting to see is as a result of these changes, and, and frankly, as we welcome some new board members uh, into our ranks uh, Monday <laughs> when, uh, when the turnover occurs and uh, many people come into office, that same kind of debate is going to be whatever, whatever your concern about these materials are, what's the proper place to resolve it? And I think that also ties back into some issues of kind of the whole question of of issues of, of academic performance, of student performance, the debate over how well we're doing. We have common measures that we can look at, but we know there's some debate over what are the most important measures to look at. And so again, it kind of comes back to this tension between what is the state's role, and there clearly is one of oversight, what is the responsibility of local school boards, which also under our state constitution are the, the groups that the constitution says should maintain, develop, and operate local public schools. So resolving that, I guess, is what makes this complicated because there's both debate over the thing itself, <laughs> such as curriculum, such as materials, and who should resolve that conflict over what should be presented. So those will be really important things to watch. Running a school district is more work than most people realize. From leading a diverse staff to protecting the health and safety of employees and students, the work of an educational leader is never done. It can be overwhelming to find solutions to the challenges facing a district, but you don't have to lead your schools alone. Kansas Board Solutions, a wholly owned subsidiary of the Kansas Association of School Boards, is here to help you find the solutions you need to support your students and staff effectively and efficiently. With a full suite of technology and insurance solutions, KBS offers an array of services to benefit your school district. We know districts continue to face a wide range of challenges as student needs change, staffing requirements evolve, district facilities age, and much more. As a wholly owned subsidiary of KASB, KBS fulfills its mission by keeping money in local schools instead of spending it on huge year-end bonuses or high-flying corporate retreats. All of this helps us achieve our goal of helping you build and run the best schools in the nation. With KBS, you are truly getting a partner in education that serves you with a purpose. Wondering what KBS offers and how you might use it? The answer is simple. If you're in need of a software, insurance, or resources solution, KBS should be your first call. 
Learn more at www.kasb.org backslash solutions. Yeah, another bill, uh, switching topics a little bit, another bill that was vetoed last session and, and that we expect to be reconsidered would have prohibited transgender females from participating on girls or women's sports teams, both in K-12 and at the collegiate level. We're expecting a U.S. Supreme Court decision on whether this issue is addressed by Title IX, but we don't have firm timing on that. So we'll be keeping an eye on that bill as well. Speaking of um, curriculum and graduation requirements and, and things like that, Representative Steve Hubert, who is a Republican out of Valley Center, and as the chairman of the House Education Committee has said, um, in fact, actually he has pre-filed a bill that will make, uh, that he says will make computer science instruction more available for students. Um, he, he would like to see uh, computer science um, encouraged uh, for, uh, for kids in order to kind of prompt them to, to enter into that field when, you know, after they graduate. And uh, recently, you may know, the State Board of Education did vote to allow school districts to count computer science as a math or science credit for high school graduation. And a lot of you listening probably already um, have computer science as an elective in your school district. So we'll be, um, we'll be working with uh, Steve Hubert uh, from Valley Center about his concerns, and um, we will keep you apprised on, on that bill as, uh, as hearings move forward on that. You've probably heard us talk some about um, some recent conversations between the State Board of Education and legislative leaders about um, how they could be working together on some issues. We know that sometimes, um, especially over the last year or so, there have been some rather sort of adversarial relationships, maybe or uh, adversarial conversations that have taken place between legislative leaders and members of the State Board. They have, um, they have agreed that something they can work on um, together would be to ensure that third graders are reading on grade level at the end of third grade. So we're looking forward to how that conversation will develop and we'll, we'll be monitoring those and, and of course many other education proposals for you as the session continues. And there are a number of health and personnel issues that the legislature will probably get into that will impact schools. And for Scott, for that, we're going to turn to Scott. Okay, thank you, Leah. Uh, I was just thinking, you know, it was probably about a year ago, or maybe a little less than a year ago, we we were uh, the vaccines were rolling out, and I think we were probably never never would have thought we would still be. Uh, uh, in, in this uh, uh, mess that we are in as far as COVID, but here we are. And I think the fallout <clears throat> from COVID, its impact on schools, uh, again, will be played out before the legislature. Uh, in 2021, the legislature passed and Governor Laura Kelly signed into law what was called Senate Bill 40. This made revisions to the Kansas law on uh, emergencies, and it had specific policies for the COVID pandemic. And one of the provisions provided that school boards had total local control over actions related to COVID, but there was a big, there was a big but there. Any such actions could be challenged by any aggrieved student, parent, or employee uh, through an uh, expedited hearing process. So that provision has expired, but there's similar language that applies to other units of government. 
Uh, a district court found the school provisions violated the separation of powers and found the entire act unconstitutional. And that uh, case is still before the Kansas Supreme Court for uh, disposition. So although the school provision has expired, there's continuing controversy over school board actions regarding uh, mass vaccination, school closures, quarantines. Uh, we saw this play out just in the past few days as, as, as uh, kids were going back to school after the uh, holiday break. So we're going to see the legislature consider probably uh, new requirements or limits uh, on school board actions. There may also be some attempts to change or clarify what is meant under the House, uh, House Education Funding Bill 2134, which included a prohibition that schools couldn't provide more than 40 hours of remote learning to any student. Uh, also, the legislature is expected to consider bills or review various policies con concerning children, foster care oversight, vision screening standards, vaping, and school bus safety. Uh, these issues have been uh, coming up uh, pretty, pretty regularly over the past few years. Uh, on another note, uh, school districts have been expanding uh, mental health services to students, adding counselors and social workers. And, uh, and, and that mental health program, the Mental Health Intervention Team Program, has seemed to really uh, caught fire, and, and a lot of districts that participate in that really seem to like it. Um, districts may be able to use federal COVID funds for some of these efforts, but again, as we said earlier, these are temporary revenue sources, and so there may be difficulties finding employees to staff these programs. Uh, one one uh, wrinkle that has arisen on this mental health intervention team program is recently legislators approved conducting a state audit on trends in social workers employed by school districts under this program. Uh, the leader of the House K-12 Education Committee said there is concern that local community mental health centers are losing employees to school districts. So the... the uh, uh, state's uh, audit arm is going to look into that. It's going to be a pretty short audit. I'm sure we will get some kind of answer on that during the session. Uh, also, on school district personnel, as probably everyone knows, districts are reporting increasing difficulty in hiring both professional and classified employees. Uh, with increased state funding that we've had since 2017, salaries for teachers and other employees have increased, but districts also added more positions and are competing with other employees for a shrinking workforce. Uh, this, this may raise issues uh, during the session and uh, will probably be uh, discussed. Uh, I think those are the major issues on, on sort of health and personnel. I know we have, uh, we, and, and there are many issues we probably didn't discuss, but, well, but these are probably the main ones. Yeah, I, I think you're right, and, I, and I just, just what you, you've indicated there, uh, some things we, we've already seen a pre-file bill uh, by a legislator that would uh, require schools to increase their, in, in effect, teacher salaries by the same rate that their, their budgets uh, go up. So I think that's a response to basically saying, well, we're having a, we're having a, a teacher shortage because we don't pay them enough. Um, I know many of our listeners are probably saying, well, you know, you're having problem hiring people. Everyone's having trouble hiring people, and that's absolutely true. Uh, and I think one of the things that that is doing, of course, is is uh, 
creating pressure to increase salaries, which is great for workers, but of course that feeds into issues of inflation, et cetera, which we're also seeing. And in fact, one of the things that I'm guessing there will be at least some discussion of is that under state law, after the final installment of the uh, Gannon uh, plan next year, the last step, base state aid is then supposed to be automatically adjusted by the average of the prior three years consumer price index Midwest, which is not identical to the overall CPI or inflation rate that you often hear about, tends to run a little bit lower than that. Well, nonetheless, as I think we all know, inflation has been rising faster than it has in in literally decades, that's going to create pressure on schools. It means that schools may be all the more important to retain uh, a base budget that also rises, but that builds in cost to the legislature, and I expect that will be looked at. Another issue that we expect a, a discussion over is the issue of working after retirement policies. And we know that there, uh, many schools feel that uh, they are constrained in going after a workforce of recently retired individuals who might still be able to work because of those, those limits. On the other hand, uh, from the state perspective, they've been concerned in the past that making it too easy to return to work encourages quicker retirement which adds to the cost of the of the caper system, which has been dealing for years with its own underfunding problems. And part of the reason caper's aid has generally been increasing is to deal with the fact that state contributions have not kept up with, with projected costs, and we've been trying uh, to, to get ahead of that. So all of those do tie in. All of those are things uh, that we, we will be sharing with you. So let's just maybe take a minute as we wrap up to look at what is, uh, what is just coming up next week and what we, what we see happening fairly soon. The legislature will reconvene at 2 o'clock. The House and Senate will meet 2 o'clock on Monday. Um, very, very little else is scheduled, but there's already activity starting on Tuesday. Uh, if you go to, and a handy thing, I, I, of course I can't show you in a podcast, uh, but if you go to the KASB.org website, click on our Advocacy tab, uh, there's a tab then or a, a menu item that allows you to go to Legislative Information, Trends, and Topics. At that point, you can access KASB's weekly calendar, a daily updated uh, uh, opportunity to see what we what's happening that week and when we know about the next week it's provided there as well I'll put the link in the description. fantastic thank you uh, thank you Alec. Um, and so that's a way that you can help us uh, continue to know uh, what is going on uh, so we already know that the Senate Education Committee is beginning discussions on Tuesday, and one of the things they'll be talking about is what Leah mentioned, that and a joint project around uh, early literacy uh, third grade reading. The House Appropriations and Senate Ways and Means Committee, the Budget Writing Committees of the Legislature, will be having a joint, <laughs> excuse me, a joint meeting Wednesday at nine to receive information on the state budget and the governor's budget recommendations. We will be bringing you that information uh, as, as we get that available. There may well be other committee meetings. We haven't received them yet. We tend to get them by email, and then they're always part of, of a daily uh, journal, or I'm sorry, a daily calendar, which is also provided by the legislature. Uh, so we will be using that to track information. KSB will be having our Advocacy in Action seminar next Tuesday. 
Um, so uh, it's, it's not too late to register for that if you're interested. Um, and then our KSB Advocacy Network, which is a special program that you can choose to be a part of if you wish, um, where we provide kind of a higher level of, of training and involvement for local school leaders. We'll be having uh, uh, an event uh, on, uh, on Wednesday as well with some activities around that. Might just also note that the KSB Board of Directors will be meeting Wednesday afternoon. Um, and then I think we've also need, we'll be tracking that next Friday morning, the Governor's Education Council will be delivering their recommendations of a year of work to Governor Kelly, which could ultimately be part of the discussion that we'll see uh, in this year's legislature. So we're going to hit the ground running next week, as it seems we always do. Um, uh, Scott, Leah, what else should our listeners be considering as we head into the start of the session? Well, uh, I, I think uh, please follow us on uh, Twitter and uh, social media. And, uh, and uh, as I think Mark said, uh, we, we will be doing a Facebook Live probably every evening of the session to kind of give a, a top-level view of what happened that day. And, uh, and we'll be providing uh, legislative, daily legislative updates on our website. And uh, I, I might just mention it's 2022's an election year, so politics may have an impact a little bit in the, in the session. So, um, uh, but uh, but but we're just we're we're focused on the edge. But redistricting is coming up. That's a huge issue in the legislature. Uh, obviously, uh, all the legislative seats and the governors and, and statewide officials will be up for re-election uh, uh, later in the year. So. The, these will all be issues and factors during the legislative session. Uh, great, great point to remember. So not only do we have the ongoing budget issues, and, and as Scott noted, education funding is about half of the state general budget. Uh, what is expected to be a major discussion of state tax policy, which always plays into that. A number of important issue, social issues under consideration. Uh, and then, of course, add to that the always challenging and often partisan uh, discussion over the districts that need to be drawn for our U.S. House members, House, Senate, and State Board of Education uh, are all affected by those changes that we'll be watching as well. So thank you for joining us. Uh, we appreciate this. As always, if you have any questions, get them to us. We'll try to respond. If there's questions you'd like us to respond to on our podcast, our plan is to switch to recording the podcast on Fridays uh, to give you the best look at what's coming up uh, the, the following week. We'll keep doing this. Please keep listening. And uh, thanks to my colleagues for their support today. The world of education becomes more fast-paced every single day. From new legislative committees focused on education to breaking news to ever-changing ideas on effective leadership, the opportunity to learn and grow never goes away. KSB knows how hard it can be to stay on top of all the information in front of us. Understanding that challenge, we're excited to announce the launch of two new podcasts, The Advocate and CasbyCast. The Advocate brings you the latest news in the world of politics and education policy from our in-house experts Mark Tallman, Leah Flyter, and Scott Rothschild. With bi-weekly shows throughout the year, you will never miss what is happening in Topeka, D.C., or anywhere else political news is being committed. CasbyCast is our new weekly podcast held by John Heim and the executive leadership team of KASB. The group will cover all things education and sprinkle in a heavy dose of humor to get your Tuesdays started right. 
The good news is you're already listening to one of our new shows. If you enjoy the content and want to add another podcast to your repertoire, subscribe to KSB Live Podcast wherever you listen to podcasts.